Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Welcome to Relaska Thoughts. My name is Joe Batance, and you guys are used to hearing me with another co-host. And uh, it's not going to happen today because this Relaska Thoughts is actually by surprise because we thought we were going to be covering uh, the Dracula reunion, the Dracula. Uh, what do they call it? The Last Supper or something like that. And um, I, you know, so just a little behind-the-scenes tea. Lori and I had been discussing the schedule for Dragula, and I, I swear, I'm going to be honest with you, I could have sworn that they said, let me look at my calendar here, that they said that Dragula would be returning officially on, let me see, let me look at a calendar version of this, uh, on the 16th, and it seems like it came out a week earlier. Than they said. So it caught, it caught us a little bit by surprise. And Lori had some scheduling conflicts. We were going to try and make it work. And then when I saw the reunion on Monday night, I was like, why stress about this? Why make a big deal about this? Not much happened. Not that there isn't anything to talk about, but it's something that could be easily folded into our coverage of the series. I'm not, not series, but the season finale. So we're just going to hold off on the final Hello Uglies to talk about the reunion. Now, that said, it, it was actually fortuitous that it worked out the way it did, because we have a lot to discuss today. Not necessarily personally. I haven't heard anything personally about my discussion of the, of the talent show and what happened there. But I've seen a lot of discussion online where... Uh, Detox posted something on her social media about she she likened telling the that she basically said that the same people who say that the that lip syncing and drag is not a talent are the same people who would vote for Donald Trump. And then Chad Michaels gave a response that I wasn't entirely clear whether the response was agreeing with her or not. I tend to think. It was a green with detox. And I'm going to tell you something. I never post on the Drag Race Recap social media, much to the chagrin of people like Christian Ochoa. I never do anything on social media. But this discussion moved me and in such a way that I actually wrote a lengthy post on X, formerly known as Twitter, about this very topic. Here's the problem. And I don't think it's an old man thing of me. I was trying to be very extra careful. I was trying to make it a cohesive thread. But since I don't really post on X, I didn't. I wasn't successful at it. And they're all over the place. So I actually sat down, took those threads, and I wrote something. And, you know, I'm going to do something very unusual for me, is I'm actually going to read what I wrote. I wrote it in a Google Doc. Because then when I was like, I'm going to post this on Reddit. I decided I'm going to post this on Reddit. 
then I, the world will change. But then I realized, you know what? Those Reddit people are so angry and hate-filled. And since I was going to do it from the Drag Race recap account, I was like, oh, they're going to pick it apart. They're going to, you know, I'm just promoting the show, blah, 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 blah. And this is, you know, one time I wrote a lengthy defense of something. And someone dropped uh, that Ross Matthews quote where he goes, I feel like I'm dating you. Like, they get all cunty and bitchy. And I just I just try to stay away from the Reddit. And I'm lucky in that I have a platform that I can actually discuss this stuff. And so what I want to do, if you'll indulge me, is I actually want to read it, what I wrote. Uh, I probably will stop at certain points and elaborate and whatnot because I have the luxury of doing that. But I'm going to read what I wrote. Um, but before I do, I want to tell you guys, you're going to want to go to patreon.com slash afterthoughtmedia, and you're going to want to subscribe. There are a lot of amazing things coming down the pike for this season of Drag Race, not just Drag Race related, but you know, we have a, a number of amazing shows. We have The Tea, where Lori, myself, and Jay Ellis talk about what's going on in our life one of the most popular shows on Afterthought. If not, it really rivals Drag Race Recap in popularity. Then we also have, you know, you get Drag Race Recap early without commercials. And, you know, I said this on the last episode and it turned out to be true. The Patreon supporters got an, an episode that was like 30 minutes longer because Nathan and I went on a whole 30-minute tangent about Saltburn that I took out of the show. So already, already they've already gotten a, a super extra bonus part of their um, episode without commercials and a day early. You get Rulaska Thoughts early. If Depending on the level, you can get shows like This Joe Batant, which is my personal journal. You can get, uh, we have a new show where Lori and I and the rotating panel of co-hosts are going to cover um, this. It's a long story, but this Lori's dad found boxes of a sex ed graphic novel. And so Patreon supporters have access to this novel, and we're going to talk about it, recap this novel over the course of like 15 episodes. So there's, there's so many different shows. Those are just ones off the top of my head. Oh, Just Between Us Girls, you know, all kinds of shows. So get, once again, patreon.com slash afterthoughtmedia. And I got to tell you, now more than ever is the time to support gay podcasting, gay media. We are podcasting across the board is in a slump. In fact, if you want a little bit of tea, I think I've talked about this on Patreon, but I'll talk about it here. You know, I've seen people bitching about Mom, you know, Willem in Alaska's podcasting company, taking almost all their shows behind a paywall. They're not doing it to be money hungry. Over the past year, because of the economy, the ad market has pretty much dried up. So they need to do that to make some money to support this business. It's the same thing here at Afterthought Media. You know, the ad market isn't what it used to be. It's been a slow year, two years in the ad world for podcasting. So it's now more than ever that we need your support, even if it's $3, even if it's $5, even if it's going on there and just buying the one-time content. We need you to do that. We need your support. Patreon.com slash Afterthought Media. And you get something in return. You get valuable content. We, why don't we do this? Why don't we take a break right here? Do it early. Get out of the way. When I come back, we are going to read. We're going to talk about it. We'll have a discussion right here on Rulaska Thoughts.
right, we are back, and as promised, I'm going to read what I wrote on Twitter in the way it was supposed to be read, the way it was supposed to be, the way I meant to write it, and uh, we're going to do that right now. So, the title is On the Futility of Talent Shows on RuPaul's Drag Race, wherein the author attempts to respectfully explain the inherent problem with an added talent show on an existing talent-based reality show. For the purpose of today's thread, we need to establish a few things. First, in the U.S., RuPaul's Drag Race is already legally classified as a talent show. If it were an actual game show that awarded a cash prize, it would fall under very strict game show laws that would require every contestant to have an equal and fair shot at the prize. Those laws would not allow for the producer manipulation to which we've grown accustomed. We, be me, argue that most, if not all, of Drag Race's sincere fans agree that drag and lip-syncing are actual talents. Only trolls would argue otherwise. Furthermore, Drag Race is a talent show whose stated goal is to, in theory, find the contestant who is that season's top drag artist. Moreover... The expectation of the audience is that contestants who have been selected for any given season have demonstrated core competency in drag and lip syncing, among other talents. The assumption is that if a contestant walks into the workroom, they have been vetted. So when the producers then ask the contestants to perform in a separate talent show on an already existing talent show, it's an unfair burden. By this point, the contestants have spent years honing their skills in the art of drag. In addition, RuPaul's Drag Race has become the premier platform on which to showcase their art. For many of the contestants, a spot on a season of RuPaul's Drag Race is their shot uh, at a viable career in drag. But Drag Race, as a competition requires additional skills from drag queens. So in order to have a viable chance at the crown, drag artists who aspire to be on Drag Race need to master existing drag skills, makeup, lip sync, movement. They also need to master the arts of celebrity impersonation, sewing, acting, and improvisation. Now, while these talents uh, will be used sparingly in the real world, these skills are required just to have a shot at doing well in the competition. Gone are the days of getting by on looks alone. That said, by the time a contestant walks into the workroom, the audience already has an expectation that the contestants have achieved core competency in the art of drag. Otherwise, we assume they wouldn't be on the show. So when Drag Race announces there will be a talent show, it's not unreasonable for the audience to expect that something other than the fundamental skills of drag will be performed. Understandably, many of them perform numbers that showcase their fundamental drag talents and establish their personal brands. The problem is by the time they hit the stage, that's already redundant. After Meet the Queens, red carpet interviews, workroom entrances, and a photo shoot, audience members have already chosen their favorites. 
We know they're good at drag. They're on RuPaul's Drag Race. So there's an expectation we will see something, anything different. The fact that they lip sync or perform original numbers isn't entirely their fault. This is the talent they've spent years developing. It's unfair to ask more of them. This is the fault of the show. To illustrate my point, let's swap in Top Chef. The premise of that show is that the contestants are some of the best chefs in the country competing for the top prize. Great. Imagine if Top Chef inexplicably introduced a talent show. And then imagine all but two of the contestants went out there and cooked a meal for their talent. The audience would wonder what the point of that segment was. They would think, well, we've just watched them cook something in the quick fire, and now they're going to cook something later. And then for the rest of the season, they're going to cook. What was the point? The audience would be left both confused and disappointed. So when Drag Race presents a talent show, it's a talent show presenting a talent show. That makes no sense. It's not the fault of the contestants. It's the fault of the producers. This is not an argument to get rid of the segment. Instead, it's an argument to label it something else that is less confusing to the audience. The point of this whole screed is not to make suggestions. The point is to clarify what many people are feeling. If the segment was called Best Drag Show, they have a similar runway theme, then the audience would be less confused and more welcoming to the talent displayed by the contestant. This is where I stopped writing. I meant to write an in-conclusion kind of thing. Never did. But the point, but I think I've made the point. I was obviously paying attention as I read. And I think I've hit every major point. I don't, I mean, I do blame the contestants a little bit in that they know that this this criticism comes up every year and if you're going to compete on rupaul's drag race you would think you would think of something anything ask your funny friend ask a comedian ask somebody to help you come up with a bit to do uh that might be a little different but um but it's, again it's not entirely their fault you know they're spending thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on the outfits they're having to rush to get ready, you know, because they, I think they only get a few weeks notice from, from confirmation they're in the competition to actually showing up in Los Angeles to film the show. So, uh, you know, to have to put together a talent show in the midst of all the other things they have to do, it's asking a lot. But that said, they also have prepared their, uh, uh, what snatch game character so it's not a lot to ask to why don't you put together a talent show and they obviously put together some sort of original song you know i talked about this a little bit on the show and i'm actually going to disagree with myself my point about comedy shows wasn't entirely valid because in theory one could argue against me that because i made the point that amateurs uh or up and shouldn't say amateurs up and coming comedians have to spend the first five to 10 minutes of their act just sort of telling jokes that introduce themselves and their personal brand. So one could argue, I thought about this when I was listening later, that this is the first episode of the show. This is the first time Rue and the judges and the audience are seeing them. It, maybe it's not a bad idea to establish their personal brand. I guess it's, it's less forgivable on All Stars when we already know their character, we already know their personal brand. But it's more forgivable on the first episode of the flagship show. But still, I would argue, look at who the top two were this week. 
it was people who did something different. And look at, you know, the seasons past, a lot of the winners have been people who do something different. Someone was arguing with me that that's not always the case. Uh, in case he doesn't come on the show, I asked him to come on the show. His argument with there have been people who have won by just doing lip syncs. I got to do the research. So like, when I argue with him, I win. Then you go into another discussion about the world of RuPaul and RuPaul's Drag Race and then the audience at large. So for purposes of this, you know, I'm not RuPaul. I'm not a judge on the show. So what they deem worthy of moving on to the next round, whether it be safe or winning the thing, may not be what is in the audience's idea of the best version of entertainment. So I'm going to take out what's going to work for being safe in the competition and all that. But in terms of entertaining the audience, I'm going to tell you right now, doing a lip sync to an original number about how rad you are is just not the tea for me. All right, I'm going to stop right there. If In case the, this other person does not come on to argue with me, uh, why don't we wrap it up there? This has been Rulaska Thoughts, where I just give a speech. Usually we have another person here, and I will say there are plans. Rulaska Thoughts this season is going to have a rotating second chair. That's already happening. But because we are doing it last minute, because there was no episode of Hello Uglies this week, this week it's just me. This week it's just solo. Hopefully it wasn't too boring. Uh, we will see you guys this next week for coverage of episode two with myself and Nathan Patrick Brown, maybe a third co-host. Uh, and then we'll see you Rulaska Thoughts next week. Oh, no, no. There will be no Rulaska Thoughts next week because there will be a Hello Uglies for the season finale of Dracula season five. So until then, my name's Joe Batanz, and we will talk to you next week. <laughs>